We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What is up, everybody? We are back with another episode of Dice It Up, and I am beyond thrilled to welcome on uh, two special guests, our first time ever having a father-daughter combo, first time ever having two coaches on at the same time, and uh, first time ever having two Longhorns. We've had a Longhorn before, uh, Shaylee Gonzalez, uh, obviously a huge fan, but head coach Vic Schaefer and assistant coach Blair Schaefer, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. Thank you. Also, I want to start by saying happy belated birthday, Blair. Thank you, girl. I appreciate you. Had the best day and then, you know, woke up at 4.30 for our 6 a.m. conditioning. So, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, I, I, I always tell people I was born on August 17th and, uh, you know, I'm thrilled with being a Leo, but like there's nothing... I think we get shafted the most as August birthdays because you start right in school. You start, you know, if you're an athlete, you start workouts. It's like you don't have time to celebrate. Um, so I'm glad that we get to at least give you a little little shout out and dice it up. Yeah. No, we, we got to celebrate a little bit yesterday. I think the girls okay. sang to me like the whole day. So I got plenty of love. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Wait, who's the best singer on the team? It's a great question. When I say they sang, it wasn't well. It was <laughs> they sang. <laughs> it was good for the heart, not the ears. Okay. <laughs> I can get so behind that. Sing as well. Do I sing? Yeah. Did you sing? Did you did you hop in there? And I love to sing. Oh, okay. Not, not saying that it's well. I'm just telling you, I love to sing. <laughs> awesome. I was in the acapella choir in high school. Come on, man. Oh, he also he also sang at his own wedding. So, oh my God, would you sing? All my exes live in Texas. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> 
I I don't know if I've ever heard of a person singing that or having that even played at their own wedding. That is. It was uh, at the reception, so we'll, we probably ought to clarify. Yes. It was after the ring was on and it was solidified. Papers were signed. She couldn't go anywhere. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> Wait, man. What, what city ago. was this in? Uh, it was in Houston. Okay. You know, my son, her twin brother, he plays the guitar beautifully, and he plays, you know, he plays a lot of little honky-tonks here around Austin, and every now and then when I'm there, you get a cameo appearance of the, of the, of the dad and, and son singing All My Exes Live in Texas. So that's... <laughs> It's pretty cool. How come this this no one's gotten a clip of this? Do they do they take phones? Yeah, like, it's got to be a. It's it's definitely a, a an elite thing. I mean, you you know, it just doesn't. It's just not out there. <laughs> I was gonna say I might have to next time I call one of your games. This might be one of my hits. We do when you're blowing somebody out by thirty, and we need some fill. We call it field content <laughs> in the fourth quarter, singing along with you. Oh, yeah, I might Lordy. have to track that down. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I mean, I can imagine at the Broken Spoke, or I mean, I lived, I lived in Austin for, I guess, I graduated from Southwestern in Georgetown. I lived in Austin for a good seven years before moving to New York, um, and then from Houston originally. So I, I'm very familiar with the Austin life. Uh, That's right. <laughs> And I do want to ask, because I mean, I do miss it, but even just being there from, you know, 2014 to 2020, how much has it changed and how much, I guess, better or worse is it now than, than from what you remember? <clears throat> well, you have to remember, I was born here, you know, long time ago and only lived here two years before we moved mm -hmm. to the south side of Houston, which is where I was raised and spent a lot of my time in my early adulthood. And um, so Austin, I mean, it's such a big, vibrant city, um, so much to do, young person's town. Um, it's, it's a lot like what Nashville is when it comes to music. Mm. Every big time mm. entertainer, um, every big time musician wants to come through here. Um, doesn't matter what, what, uh, music it is let me tell y'all i saw earth wind and fire and um lionel richie lionel richie two <laughs> nights ago i'm telling y'all i've been to a lot of concerts and a lot of events in my day that may have been the best one i've ever been to like mm. it was off the chart awesome and wow. it's it, and it's in an arena you know, it's where we play and I'm telling you, everybody was dancing. <laughs> there was nobody sitting down. I mean, it was unbelievable. Like Earth, Wind, and Fire went first, and they were fire. Like they were. <laughs> like I kept. I was worried about Lionel Richie after the first song because it was going to be really hard for him to beat them. <laughs> they were that good. I mean, just, and that's my day, y'all. That's my music. Yeah. And um, I don't go to a lot anymore. I don't have time. But, of course, I went to that one. And, man, oh. you talk Wait, about Blair. incredible. But just back to the city, it's just such a, you know, it's a young person's town. There's so much to do. 
obviously University of Texas being here and big time athletics, you, you know, no matter what season it is, you're you're going and having the chance to go watch a, a top 10, top five, top 25 program play, you awesome. know, pick your sport, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we won 12 Big 12 championships last year. We had 19 sports. Um, so it's, it's just a lot. It's a lot for kids to do here, man. It's a, it's a fun place. Awesome. That's exactly what you want. That's exactly what you want. Um, I feel like we could talk about anything other than basketball now for the next 30 minutes, but we somewhat have to talk about it. Um, But the, the first thing that I wanted to ask you guys is how your relationship has developed um, from as a, as coaches. Um, I had the uh, somewhat awesome pleasure of playing against you when you were at Mississippi state um, as a player and as a coach, I say somewhat pleasure because we lost to you. I was going to um, say, there's no way you had pleasure in that game. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said somewhat. Um, but no, but being fans of you guys, you told me the story of of how Blair was trying to figure out, you know, where she was in college, trying to solidify her role on the team, how she went to have a conversation with dad and she had to have a conversation with coach and that dynamic. Um, and now I kind of want to know more about how it's gone from Blair, are you working as a Dobo, becoming an assistant coach, and that coach-coach relationship? Um, how has it grown and developed over time? Um, so, Vic, I'll start with you, and then Blair, you can chime in. Well, just like she did as a player, <clears throat> she's earned her way. Um, you know, who better to know what I want to do and how I want to do it than a former player, and then obviously her, who's been in my life you know, a long, long time and, and mine and hers. So, um, look, I, I've still got a couple friends that don't speak to me because when I took the job at Mississippi state, I didn't hire them as assistant coaches. Mm. Well, I don't, I don't need any buddies to be my, you know, I don't need anybody to go fishing with or play golf with. I need somebody who can help me win. Mm. And the same thing's true with my staff. <clears throat> Every person here, they're here because they're the best. They can help me win. And I'm smart enough to know I can't do it by myself. And, uh, you know, I've got to have help. And mm-hmm. um, she's earned her way. She's worked her way up. What's so unique about her, <clears throat> in my mind, is it's really prepared her for that day when she's going to become a head coach. She's come in on the ground level mm-hmm. from director of player development at Mississippi State. She came to Texas, was going to be director of player development here, was that for two weeks, got moved into the director of basketball ops, sees the budget every day, holding the head coach accountable every day, assistant coaches, knows what a budget looks like and knows how to monitor and work within that budget. Mm-hmm. Now moving into an assistant coach's role, coaching on the floor, um, you know, just I've got four former players on my staff now. I've had four former players on my staff for probably the last six or seven years. Mm-hmm. And I just believe in that because, again, those those kids probably have helped me win. They understand what it takes. They know what the work ethic is. Um, they know what the terminology is in practice. Um, and so with Blair, it's it's no different. And uh, I think the thing that for me as a head coach, uh, as a father, you think you know your child, you think you know your children, 
where she's really um, surprised me is she's really good recruiting. Mm. And um, she understands the importance of recruiting. Mm. Um, we all want to coach. We all like that part. That's what people see on game night. Mm. But if you don't have players, you ain't going to get to coaching, buddy, because they're going to find somebody else. Mm. You know, you got to have players and yeah. the right players, the right fit for your program. Again, who better to know what a fit is for our program than somebody who's played it? Mm. It's real. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, recruiting-wise, I feel like you got to have a personality. Uh, and, I mean, just from everything I've seen, social media-wise, just the way the players interact with Blair, it's pretty pretty simple to see why um, she'd be really effective at recruiting. But, uh, Blair, I mean, I feel like when I played for my dad growing up, like, I was held to a higher standard, uh, but like hearing hearing your dad's you know notes about just wanting the best people around. Uh, what does that feel like? Just knowing that you've you've earned his trust and uh, that you're probably held to just a, as high a standard as anybody else. Yeah, um, it was kind of like that as a player too. Like think about it, I come on a team in college and like there's already a stigma of like oh his daughter is going to be on the team so like yeah. the outside looking in like i had to understand kind of what that was like not only from my perspective but my teammates so a huge goal of mine was to earn that trust from not only the coaches but them like they had to trust me because you know every day is not going to be easy right and at the end of the day like yes he's the coach but he's the same person like he's the, my dad too so i had to earn the trust of them like if it was a bad day, like whatever, they're probably going to go in the locker room and have some words. I'm not going to go back to him and say it. So um, I think the biggest compliment that I ever truly received, like from a teammate was Tierra McCowan when we went to the final four and we were in a room with like Rebecca Lobo and Carol Lawson and Carolyn Peck, like just, you know, all the announcers. And I think Rebecca Lobo was the one that asked T like, how what's it like like having Blair on the team and like having her in the locker room with you guys knowing she's the coach's kid and and T was like I mean she's one of us like we don't look at her like she's the coach's kid um you know and that went a long way with me because that means that I had done everything right to mm -hmm. get to that point right like I had done everything and more to show them like I'm your teammate and we're all trying to do the same thing which is win a national championship and so that was kind of like my experience as a player and then now as a coach and in, in my career so far like being player development and then director of basketball ops and now a coach it's just been you know such a great experience and i have had to earn my way so i honestly couldn't have told you four years ago that i knew i'd be coaching in four years like i didn't know i just kind of was gonna take everything as it came to me and i've always just kind of been that person to just go to work, not really talk, just work and lead by example. And then opportunities would come whenever, you know, that's God's plan for me. And that's kind of what happened. Like I was player development at Mississippi State for a year, had a couple responsibilities and then Texas came along and I was able to see as a player what it looked like from what we got from the Dobo. And then uh, when we transitioned from Mississippi State to Texas and we needed somebody to fill that void until he had time to hire somebody. I knew what that looked like, but I was ready for that moment because I was always working. So like there was never a job that was above or beneath me. Like if you needed something to be done, I'd figure it out. Like I would just go to work. And um, again, like that's kind of all, always what I've done is I've just worked and that's how I get better at whatever I did. I didn't play immediately when I got to college, but I worked at it. 
and I figured out a way to make myself a person that played 38 minutes a game. And it was not about scoring. It was whatever the team needed. So I feel like that's kind of always been me. And so here we are. I went from player development to Dobo, worked at that. And then, you know, he graduated everybody on his staff because they all became head coaches. And that's what you want as a head coach. But then that brought up another opportunity for me. So I'm in a really good place now in recruiting. Like he said, I think the thing that stuck with me was, when I first got the job, he was like, I don't need help coaching. I need help recruiting. And so I'm like, all right, noted. Like, so that's kind of just what it stuck with me. And I was like, I know what my job is. And um, I just kind of ran with it. And all you can do is like be authentically yourself. And I feel like something that might be um, lacking, you know, in places is just like these players, they want to know who they're going to be playing for. So it's like, we're just opening up ourselves and we are who we are and it either is going to work for you or it's not, but at least we're an open book and they know exactly what they're stepping into. So I feel like that's all I can do. And um, that's kind of what I try to bring to every phone call that I talk with, whether it like when I talk with recruits or their families, I'm just, I'm me. I talk about my experiences as a player and, you know, our culture and, and what I see every day. And then hopefully when we can bring these, these recruits and their families on campus, you know, that our practices and interactions reflect that. So, oh, I'm like so inspired. I don't want to be an assistant coach, but like you make me almost want to be. I feel like um, you just made I, me want to work harder. Um, yeah, right. I feel like uh, one of my favorite quotes is if service is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. Um, and I feel like you just embody that exactly. And I think sometimes in college okay. basketball, we miss that from coaches, right? We miss like the service aspect, um, being former players, like you don't always acknowledge that. And so um, it's clear that you guys are doing it the right way. Um, I wanna dive into last season um, and starting with something that you can't plan for is the injury bug. Um, being in, in at, um, Bahamas with you guys, I had ex obviously we had seen, you know, some of those tough ones. That was when Rory wasn't her best self right there. Um, you know, just how was it dealing with the different injuries that happened um, and also I really want to ask specifically about Leah Moore and just how she's doing, because she was one of my favorites to watch early in that tournament as well. Yeah, <clears throat> it was, it was hard. I've, I've <laughs> never gone through a season like last year from an injury perspective. I think my SID said we had, we had 50 games missed by players who played 20 minutes or more <laughs> in, uh, per game throughout the year. Rory didn't play in the Bahamas at all. <laughs> Um, uh, didn't play at UConn. Didn't play at UConn, no. Um, took a while to get, you know, knock the rust off and get back. And Taylor Jones um, mm -hmm. missed quite a bit of an extensive mm -hmm. time early. And, and really, we kind of managed her. And then you lose Sonia Morris with oh, yeah. 14 games to go in the regular season. Yeah. And then you add on the two in postseason that she's just not herself. Um, and that was our second leading score. And yet you, you still hold it together and you win the first Big 12 championship, regular season championship in 20 years at the University of Texas. I mean, that's hard to believe with the history that this place has in women's basketball. It had been 20 years since a regular season. We'd won the tournament the year before which hadn't been done um, in 20 years. And so to be here and to have been able to do that, regardless of the circumstance, would have been great. Mm -hmm. 
but then to, to be able to do that with all the injuries that we had and um, it just is a testament to our kids that played as well as my staff they did a phenomenal job and and my deal is look we just worry about what we can control you know i don't like it when the trainer comes to me and says somebody isn't available but i can't control it at that point that's their issue and i got to try to find a way to win right and so that's what i did i just to say it didn't take a toll on me wouldn't be right because it did i I don't like to see any of my kids in pain. I don't want to see any of them hurt. When Aaliyah Moore went down, it just ripped my heart out of my chest. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I, I haven't had that injury very much in my career at all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, it, it was a hard year. No, mm-hmm. no doubt. I mean, I remember sitting in my office the day after it was over. We're 20, we win 26 games. We win a Big 12 regular season championship. We host the first round, first and second round of the NCAA tournament. And yet I'm miserable. Mm. Now that's not good, y'all. Mm. There's about 320 other teams across the country love to win 26 <laughs> games in a conference championship. Yeah. But yet here I am at the University of Texas the day after it's over and I'm miserable. But that's the that's the bubble that we live in. That's mm-hmm. the expectations that you sign up for. Yeah. You know, a, a year ago, we're in the Elite Eight. We're 29 and seven. Uh, we win the tournament championship. We finished sixth in the country. Sixth. And good we, add, Stanford. We, we win the Learfield Directors Cup here at the University of Texas for the second year in a row mm-hmm. for the best athletic department in the country. We have 19 sports. 10 of our 19 played for the national championship. Four of them won it. Mm. So we finished six in the country, go to the Elite Eight, win the Big 12 tournament championship. That's not even good enough to finish it in the top half <laughs> of the sports here at Texas. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. But that's that's what we sign up for, right? That's that's it. So it's, uh, you know, you, you just have to, you know, you have to really keep things in perspective. And sometimes, you know, like that day last year, the day after I, I probably had lost perspective a little bit, mm-hmm. realizing what all we had done and accomplished with, I mean, there was a stretch of like, you know, five or six games. We had three guards to play three positions. That's it. Yeah. And if you pay any attention to how we play, we ain't standing around in a two-three zone playing hope you miss defense. So our kids did a great job of navigating that time and putting us in a position to win a championship, which they did. Yeah. I I it was I mean, I, I will say I am a fan. I'm 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 an uh I'm a definitely a, a biased media member, I'd say. Uh, did not go to Texas, but entire family did. Um, but I remember being at like the, the game of Dallas against USC and a few other ones at home when we were back in Austin for a bit. And like just the overall energy of, you know, the team this year was just, I, I don't, I don't think I've seen many teams that are that positive around each other. Uh, 
I mean, just the entire coaching staff is is talking the entire time. I mean, of course, your defense talks, but uh, how difficult was it, you know, bringing in such an impactful transfer like, you know, Shaley and Sonia and incorporating them into your system? And I mean, essentially, when they're healthy, you know, both starters for an entire season. Well, I mean, first of all, let's talk about Shaley. What an, to me, first of all, she's what's right about college athletics. Um, what a great kid came back this year uh, for another year. We call her grandma. It's her sixth year of college basketball. But being thrown into a role that she didn't sign up for. I mean, being a backup point guard behind Rory and playing five minutes here, or, you know, eight minutes there. That's way different than all of a sudden you're the starting point guard for the preseason number three team in the country. You got to go, you know, on the road and and play in a incredible tournament right off the bat against, you know, a couple of really good teams. And then, oh, by the way, we're going to go to Connecticut and we're going to play <laughs> them on national TV. And, and so she just handled it like a champ. I mean, it was hard. I know it was hard um, being in charge of my team and running it how I want to run it. And you're trying to figure out your own job of being a two guard. And now all of a sudden you got to be the point guard, which means you got to know everybody's job. So it was hard. And she, man, she handled it like a champ. I couldn't have been more proud of her. And consequently, our team was as good as we were because of her. And so, um, but it was hard. You know, like I said, I I don't like seeing any of my kids hurt. And uh, Rory having to sit out, that was gut-wrenching for her and me. Um, and so it, it was a challenge. But And then Sonia comes in, and she's a bucket, man. She can go get yeah. you the bucket, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, that was one thing that really we needed. Mm-hmm. That whole class was 57 points, 28 rebounds. Those four transfers that we, we brought in, so – it was a big, big class out of the portal, but we needed it. We had lost quite a bit, and yeah. uh, we needed that. Yeah. I'm about to lose power on my iPad. I'm going to have to plug it in. Okay. <laughs> You're good. Uh, Blair. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, Blair, um, I wanted to ask you, in terms of recruiting um, and transfer portal conversations, right, which is the toughest thing and, and that we do all the time, Um how do you make sure that the transfers that you guys are looking at, offering, um, wanting to bring into the program fit the mold? Is there a certain, you know, personality piece, character trait, something they say? Like, how do you make sure that they can fit the mold? Because you guys have a very specific mold that everyone, you know, is very aware of. It's really hard um, because I feel like the transfer portal is like speed dating and how well can you really get to know somebody? You know, it just depends like what their timeline is. Right. And when they go in the portal, is it at the beginning when the portal opens? Is it towards the end and they're trying to make a decision within a week? Like it really just depends on a lot of factors. But at the end of the day, like, again, we have to be true to who we are. We have to do our research just like, if we were going to recruit somebody out of high school, like we want to get to know everybody that 
touches them in some aspect, whether it's your mom, your dad, your grandma, your high school coach, AAU, like family friend that they've known for forever. Like we try and really have conversations with all these people who have meaningful conversations and relationships with the athlete. Um, because, you know, as, as much perspective and access and information we can get on our end is, is just as helpful. Um, but then again, we're also, you know, trying to tell them like, you want to win, you want to win a championship, you want to play for a legendary coach who's going to make you a better person and a player like, and you're going to be at a, a top university in the country that can give you a great education and can put you in front of a lot of people um, to be successful in life and basketball, then that's Texas. So, you know, if, if that's what you want for yourself, you want to be challenged, you want to be uncomfortable so that, you know, you can become a better version of yourself, then that's Texas. And so we kind of relay that to our recruits and their families and, you know, we kind of we have these conversations with them and ask them to ask us the hard questions like, what do you want to know? Because, again, the more open and honest you can be throughout the recruiting process, the better off everybody else is because you want these recruits and players to know exactly what they're going to step into. So if you know that up front and you're willing to um, and, and you're wanting to come play for a, a program and a coach like that, then then that's that's what you want. Right. But you don't want to leave a, a gray area. That way, when they get here, they're like, oh, well, this isn't what you said. No, like we're going to tell you how we do things, what we do and and what we're about. And again, like championships, if it was easy, then everybody would win them, but they don't. So what we do and how we do it separates us from a lot of um, other places in the country. And it's a special place. And we just try and relay that. Um, but also it's more than just about basketball. Like basketball is what these players do. It's not who they are. And so making them understand like you're a human being and we care about you as a person too is really important because you're going to have hard days. And at the end of practice, like you're probably not going to talk about basketball. So like, yeah. let's talk about life, you know, like what's, what's going on. And I think that's kind of why I have a great relationship with our team now because I can like, you know, shoot the crap with them at times, but then like, we know when to be serious. We know when to kind of mess around, but we have a great relationship and, at the end of the day, we're all winners and we want to win and compete. We're competitors and we know what that looks like. So, mm -hmm. Mm. yeah, I mean, Blair, I transferred like, you know, seven times. I'm I'm sure had you been, you know, the first to talk to her, she wouldn't have left, you know, um, uh, <laughs> oh that, that, that's, a, that's a strong pitch. I'm, I'm kidding. I, it's, it's three. <laughs> I, I try to work that joke in once a pod. He um, really does. We talk somehow about animals and my seven-year college basketball career, at least yeah. once a month. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, Everybody has their own journey, uh, you know? Hey, oh, man. Hey, I want to no, change for, sure. for the world. And we're so proud of her. Yeah. And, you know, for the you world. Know, I, I'm not I, – I bash, like, I, I play D3, and I'm not, you know, like, I don't advertise it very much. Um, people tell me to be proud. Uh, but, you know, um, I would love to have been in Ice's Shoes. And and be a media star. Um, look, at, look at her now playing in Australia and whatnot. Um, but speaking of people who I think will be playing pro, um, I also went to Side Creek High School, mm -hmm. and I've been following Rory's career for a while. Um, like, I think she put up one of the stat lines in the Big Twelve tournament like two seasons ago that had never been done. Um, mm -hmm. Things like thirty points and zero turnovers, unreal. Uh, only player in the country to average, I think, 10.7 assists and two steals last season, which is crazy. Um, I don't think it's been done in the Big 12 in 10 years. But from from her position on the team and, and how much she means, 
how have you seen her grow, um, you know, with as young as she is? And, and where do you think, uh, maybe she's already self-cognizant of this, but where do you think her game needs to grow? Well, she has lived in the gym all summer. Hmm. And consequently, it's permeated through my team, hmm. where my Love team that. has lived in the gym all summer. It's the best team I've had in a long, long time that has just really spent a lot of time in the gym on their own. Mm. And uh, it's really refreshing. I can tell you as a coach, um, you know, there's only so much you can do, so much you can ask them to do or make them do. Uh, this group has gone over and beyond, way beyond. So it's mm. really, and it, but it started with Rory and one of my walk-on kids coming in and getting shots up. Mm. And it's just kind of grown from there. Um, in my opinion, she's the best point guard in the country. Mm. I think I've seen it. I've seen a, a lot of great point guards in my career. Um, I've got a great point guard on my staff in, in, uh, Christy Smith, who played for on my final four team in Arkansas in 98. Sydney Carter was our backup point guard on our national championship team in 2011. When Colson would get in foul trouble, Carter had to move from the two to the one, which was every game. <laughs> and so uh, I've got her and know what that one looks like. Obviously, Morgan William, Jasmine Holmes were great point guards for me at Mississippi State. Rory Harmon, she's got the whole package. Mm. She's, she's defensive player of the year in the Big 12. And if she's not the defensive player of the year in the country this year, we need to think about why we're giving the award out. She's that good. She gets everybody's best guard. So she goes against everything Coach Blair and I used to talk about. You don't want to wear your point guard out on defense, guarding the other team's best player because they got to run your team on offense. But yet Rory usually gets that. She has to do both, run our team, and guard the other team's best perimeter player, typically, mm-hmm. typically. And so, um, you know, just the, her freshman year, that get, that's the, the tournament you're talking about. She went back-to-back games with no, tur- no turnovers, yeah. semifinals mm-hmm. and finals. Mm-hmm. And um, just to me – when I say the whole package now, she understands how to run a team. She can score. Like when Sonia went down, her scoring went up. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, um, you know, your point guard, you know, for me, I don't necessarily have to have somebody can go get 20. But every now and then, it's nice if you can. <laughs> and she can, you know, Um you think back to the Elite Eight when we beat Baylor on our way to the Final Four at Mississippi State. Morgan had 41 in overtime. She had 41 points. That was a game. Because she could mm-hmm. go get it. Mm-hmm. Morgan, uh, Rory's the same way. Mm-hmm. If I need her to, she can go do that. Mm-hmm. But I've got this year's team is set up where she's got some help. She's got some people around her. Mm-hmm. Last year, we were a little bit of a bind. She had to go score for us late in the year. Mm-hmm. But – to me, she, she can run a team. She can defend. She's a great help defender. 
Now she's the best rebounder on my team, and I don't let her rebound. Like, she'd probably lead us in offensive rebounding if I let her go rebound. So I've had to think about that all summer. Do I make a two-guard get back and let Rory go the offensive boards? Because Rory's a really good rebounder. I think she averaged like five rebounds a game last year. And, and most yeah. of those obviously Close. were defensive. But So I've, I've had to contemplate that because she is a really good rebounder. So, again, she just – she's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's – has has all the has all the skill set, um, you know what she's worked on. I know is her is her shot, and the consistency that comes with having a, a good shot. That's that's the piece that she's really focused on and worked on. Funny, you know, the last two days she's probably shot the ball as good as she's shot it in any two days since she's been here. Mm. And uh, but again, she's going to get better because she puts in the time. She, she puts in the time on her craft. And, uh, and that's what the game is, right? The game's real fair. You yeah. get out of it what you put into it. And she's really invested and put a lot of time in it. And you're right. She's going to be a great pro one day, too. Yeah. I know you said it's fair, but I, I think uh, on Twitter, I, I probably have more tweets about uh, Big 12 officials than <laughs> any human being of all time. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, obviously not talking football, just strictly women's basketball. I oh, I was at the game at TCU when TCU shot like forty-five free throws or something. Uh, that was the longest game of my life. Um, <laughs> that that, and then obviously anytime Ashley Jones falls down, but we don't have to see that anymore. Uh, we talked about that with Lexi and Arcee. I'm sorry, I have to say it. Um, I mean, like, just talk about getting so many calls. Uh, I don't know if Bill Fennelly's a fan of me, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, what last season in the Big Twelve? Um, obviously, be nice to go out on a bang. Um, you have two championships over the last two years. What are you looking to see from you know getting Aaliyah more back in the mix, and then um, and maybe the the impact of Madison Booker? Yeah. So, sorry, I, I should have gotten to Amo. You asked about her earlier, so oh, she's yeah. doing well. She's. I'd say she's on track, you know, to to be back by our season opener. If she's not, it it won't be long after that. But I think we're all shooting for that. Mm. Um, she's doing really well. She's mm. in. She's doing everything we're doing right now. Other than she's not in any type of two on two, three on three, four on four stuff. But she's in anything on none, you know. Mm. And so. Um, She's doing a good job in our conditioning program right now, obviously in the weight room. So, uh, and that, again, that's going to be really key to our, the success of our team is getting her back uh, and getting her back playing at an elite level like she, she was at. Uh, she played really well in the Bahamas. I know you saw her. She, I think one game she took like three or four charges. And, yes. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, even I was a little shocked on that day. But, you know, when they get it, they get it, right? Yeah, it clicks. really finally started becoming a great help defender. And uh, yeah. so, you know, that was a big, really a big blow for us. But, again, you got to credit Deanna Gaston, who stepped up, moved mm -hmm. into that four spot, Definitely. and ends up being first team all Big 12. Mm. Uh, and so, uh, D's back, obviously. And now you got a, a Madison Booker 
who's won three gold medals, y'all, for the United States of America and hadn't played one minute of college basketball. Wow. Mm. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to tell y'all something. She's a monster. Mm. She's really good. And, um, you know, I see a lot of – I see a lot of different players that I've coached over the years in her. And, uh, and yet – I see things that she does that some of the greatest players that I've coached couldn't do as freshmen. Mm. And, um, you know, one of the things about her, she can play one through four right now. Mm. She can be your point guard if you need her to. She can obviously play the two, three, but she can go be a four and be an unbelievable nightmare of a mismatch at four. Mm. Like, mm. no, there's not a four player around that could probably guard her. Um, because she's such a mismatch, you know, big, big four player has to come out and get her. Cause she can shoot the three. Well, you come get her. She's going to go buy a big four player. Mm. If you got a little four player on her, you can post her up. Uh, and yet she's still good enough one-on-one to beat the little four player. Mm. So she's got an incredible skill set. Another kid that loves the game, lives in the gym, incredible family. I spent a lot of time recruiting her y'all. <laughs> she's a Mississippi kid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I had her back when she was seventh and eighth grader. Um, and, uh, just so excited that she's here with us in Austin and, Love that. uh, she's, uh, she's going to be great. I mean, mm. no doubt in my mind, she is, she is going to be a great one. I'm so excited to watch you guys this season, every season, honestly, it's always one of the best products on the floor. Um, well, thank you so much for your time. And to wrap this up, I would like to ask more of a futuristic question of, of both of you. Um, just your your whole thoughts on the state of women's basketball. Um, I feel like we're trending right now. We're trending upwards. We're getting more eyes, more followers, more money, more investments. Um, but where would you like to see it grow to in the near future? Go ahead, Blair, and I'll follow you. Ooh. Um, I think everything is always just about opportunity, right? Like we just want mm-hmm. the same opportunities that the men have. Um, there's a, a lot of greatness in women's basketball and women's sports. And I think we're seeing that. I mean, look at what Nebraska volleyball just did with the 90 plus thousand people that showed up to watch them play. Right. And it's all stemming from an opportunity to show people, you know, the importance of Nebraska volleyball, you know? And so, um, opening the doors for more of that is always great and, um, exposure, right? Like, you don't know what you don't know. So why don't people invest in women's basketball and other women's sports? And then you're going to be immersed into a whole nother realm of um, competitive athletics. And it's fun. It's exciting. Like, you know, the men offer some some really fun, exciting stuff. But so do the women. Right. So give us more exposure and opportunities. And then let's see where the cards fall when all of that happens. So, you know, I think our game. um I think our game continues to grow and evolve and um, we get more and more. The players are just so good now. Uh, it's just gets their development is more advanced and it's better and better coming out of high school. Um, then in college, they just blossom and, and get better and better. Um, our pro game, I think you're seeing this year, there's more parity in the league. Um, and, and so, uh, and I think it's true crossing the, the country and women's ba- college basketball, there's more parity. Hmm. And so, um, I think it's a great time to be a part of women's basketball. 
Um, and again, it's, I think a lot of it, you have to give the administrators across the country credit because they've invested in women's athletics and they've invested in women's basketball. And we've proven if you'll invest in us, you're going to get a big time return. Yeah. And, 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 and so I think that's where administrations realize, you know what, if we'll just give them a, an opportunity, man, the return on our investment is tenfold. You know, the positivity that you bring to a campus when you turn on the TV on Sunday afternoon on ESPN and there's 10,000 people screaming in an arena and you, you're just flipping through the channels. You go, well, who, where in the heck is that? Holy cow. That's in Starkville, Mississippi. They got, it looks like they're hanging from the rafters in there. Well, yeah, they are. But you can't put a, you can't put a number of value on that. Like, you know, you, you just have no idea the value that that brings to you or that you're going to the final four and, you know, Robin Roberts says you're the name of your university four times in a four minute span. Well, by the way, one minute, one minute of advertising for, for good morning America is a million dollars. You just got $4 million worth for free. Mm -hmm. So those types of things, that's where, you know, you just, you don't realize the value that our game brings to your university. Mm. And I think as long as you're doing it the right way, again, we, we have a saying, we stay off the front page and in the sports page. Mm. If you're doing it the right way, if you're following the rules, if your kids are accessible, if they're handling themselves in a classy manner, if they're personable, that they'll that they'll spend time with your fans when the game's over. They don't run to the locker room, but they stay out there and hug mamas and kiss babies and sign autographs and take pictures. That's what we have to do in women's basketball to cultivate our fan base. Yeah. I've been doing it for a long time. I mean, it takes us an hour to get to the locker room after a game if we win. <laughs> but if that's what it takes to grow your game, how easy is that? Hmm. But see, to be honest, the guys won't do it. Their egos won't let them do it. Hmm. But for us, and that's easy. Hmm. And that's where our game, I think, continues to get better and grow and our players realize it. Our coaches realize it. And you just got a bunch of people, I think, right now in our game that care, mm. you know. And so we're in a good place. I think we can always get better, um, just like anything, you know. But I think I think we really have a lot of positive. We have great leadership. Uh, uh, Daniel Donahoe with WBCA does a great job for us, works really hard. Um you know, and, and so here at Texas, we have great leadership. Like women's basketball is really important here. And, and that comes with that, you know, understanding from my perspective, not wanting to let them down. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they hired me to be their coach here at the University of Texas. I know what that means. Like, I know who's been here. I know what Johnny, Jody Conrad did here at Texas. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to let them down. Mm -hmm. Coach don't want to let them down. My staff don't want to let them down. And so we we fully understand our challenge and, and, and opportunity. And 
we embrace it. And again, we appreciate the opportunity to be here. So uh, really appreciate y'all letting us on today, that. man. It's great yeah. to see y'all. You look Thank like you. you can still play. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I, I, I did wear it. I, oh, I wanted to be a little unbiased. Um, you know, my dad would be pissed if I if I didn't wear this during the show. Um, I would. It. I have one final request. Uh, my wife is running a half marathon in San Antonio the same morning as the UConn game, and I need her to finish as fast as possible. Um, so can I just get a you know, what, uh, any kind of come on, Ashley, like, uh, you know, just some type of motivational speech from somebody who's really important. Yeah. Hey, all I'm going to tell you, Ashley, is you got to get it done. Elite is a choice, as we say around here, and you got to choose to be elite that morning because we got to get your, your, your husband here to the game. That's right. <laughs> so That's right. choose and listen. The last thing, it's hard to get past hard. So when it gets hard, you got to get past it because we got a time. We're on a time crunch. That's right. I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we got to get you. We got to get you home in a hurry so we can get him to the game. Yeah, that's Gino's it. not waiting. Gino's not waiting for you. <laughs> we need you I, there. I mean, that's between you and her. If you want to have her Uber, I mean, that's between you and her. I'm not going to get involved that far. Uh, that's oh, on you, man. brother. I love it. I love it. Uh, yes. Yes. I'm making my dad buy. I mean, I think they, they went to a lot of games last year, but I'm like, y'all should be season ticket holders. This is an awesome <laughs> thing. Um, so we're, we're thankful for you guys. Thank you for your time. Blair had the best birthday weekend. Uh, Thank you. Coach, get her something super nice. Um, oh, he did. Look, he got me this necklace. It's a David Yerman uh, cross necklace with a diamond in Coach. the middle. Coach. Oh, I wanted. I had one, and then I don't know what happened. I think I, like, left it somewhere recruiting. And so I was like, this is the only thing I want. <laughs> well done. Take lessons to all the dads out there. Listen. All right. Thank you all. Hey, appreciate it. Praise thank the Lord. Thank you, guys. Yeah.